Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Wednesday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listening across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Wherever you are, happy to have you on. Luke Johnson, live from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergen's producing for us at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, we will have Patrick McGee on in just a few moments from the Bluxy Sun-Herald, also Kelly Sander later in uh, the program. The Lady Eagles right now in their first-round game of the Conference USA Tournament, down eight with seven seconds ago, a valiant performance today um, from several Golden Eagles, uh, including Deja Allman with 22 points. Doesn't look like the Lady Eagles are going to be able to defeat FIU. Uh, we'll bring you some updates uh, later in the show for the final um, with that. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located in a community near you, the hometown team, in Hattiesburg, out west, right by Turtle Creek Mall. Best meats in the world, ribs, brisket, chicken, sausage, all those things, and you can eat in store or you can have them cater your next event. Dickie's Barbecue. Cooked here, loved everywhere. Happy to have uh, Patrick McGee as he joins us now on Wednesdays. The professor down uh, that works for the Bluxy Sun Herald on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And uh, Patrick, how is your midweek Wednesday going? No, it's great. I'm I'm still loving working from home. I got the door open. It's like seventy three degrees. The sun's shining. There's a breeze. I can smell the salt from the beach. I live not far from the beach. It's uh, Nice day at the office, but I'm not, I'm sure you have a better view than I do at the moment. Well, just make just uh, make it difficult on everybody else across the state, Patrick. We're all jealous that we don't live on the Mississippi <laughs> Gulf Coast. Uh, but it looks like uh, both uh, the men and women's basketball teams, uh, the men eliminated last night uh, by Rice. Uh, the women going to fall out. Uh, you know, uh, Malia Grayson, Conference USA Freshman of the Year, but kind of uh, disappointing, I think. Uh, just a, a quick comment on that, Patrick, before we move on to some more things. It's just kind of disappointing you see both basketball teams go out this early and uh, just really disappointing about the men's especially. Yeah, uh, for the women, I know it's been especially a challenging season with everything that Joy Lee McNellis has been through, and, and for them to battle and play really well at times this season, you give them credit. But obviously for the men's team, things just did not work out at all. I mean, you have one win. You sweep, you sweep Middle Tennessee twice in the middle of January, and you win one more game the rest of the season. Uh, uh, last year they really had a poor close to the season as well. I know that was uh, last year was kind of maybe a bad example in year number one, but uh, year number two for Jay Ladner didn't uh, did not end well. Um, there are some uh, reasons to be you know hopeful going into next season. Whether it's uh, Drum Pierre who kind of struggled down the stretch and P- Pinkney, and of course Tyler Stevenson really is your is the guy you build around going into next season, but. It's obvious, you know, a year later, a year better, you hope for those guys. Uh, 
Uh, but obviously there's some important pieces to plug in, whether it's at the center position or, at, you know, just at the wing. Uh, they've, they've got to get better depth on that team. Men drop a 61-52 decision last night. They actually were were leading in the in the second half, and uh, then didn't weren't able to score a basket in the last six minutes. Um, last night, DeAndre Pinkney led the Eagles for, with 14 points. Stevenson with 12. Tay Hardy with 11. The men close out the 2020-2021 season eight and 17. Overall, four and 13 in Conference USA. Last question about about basketball, Patrick. Um, do do you think the roster is going to change at all? You know, you would expect a couple guys uh, to move on, but you know, a guy like Ladavius Drain does, does he just ride off in the sunset? And uh, we we all know that Jay's going to go after a true point guard, as it pretty came pretty uh, clear this year that Tay Hardy's probably going to play the two next year. Um, right. Any any other pieces you think may move around? Yeah, I would expect the uh, the roster to change somewhat. Uh, there's just too many gaps there to fill. Uh, some of the guys that he was really hopeful about making a difference for the team this year just didn't uh, work out. And if you know, drain it is indeed his last season. I know he's he's got to be hurting out the door just because he he did not have a season that we you would expect out of him. So uh, there's just a lot of a lot of work that has to be done really across the board. Uh, you know, I, I think Stevenson's your guy, but. Uh, but he's a four. You need somebody a true five. I'm like you. I think they need a, a true point guard out there to really uh, run the show. And uh, if you look to to how Doc Sadler really improved that program, he was able to bring in something like a Tyree Griffin. And yeah, the court, you know, a Cortez Edward is a guy too that can really get to the basket and score. Uh, those are two pieces really that they just don't have at the moment. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, uh, there's a lot of work that has to be done going into year three. The ladies' game has gone final. Southern Miss falls to Florida International, 85-75. Deja Allman, 22 points, a career high today. Wormsley chipped in 14, and Kelsey Jones had uh, 11. So the Lady Eagles finish um, their season at 7-12 and 12 overall. All right, Patrick, spring football. You talked about that weather you're enjoying down uh, on the Gulf Coast, and uh, up here, uh, same thing. It's just absolutely gorgeous weather. I was calling some high school baseball last night, but but spring football is here. A great article uh, by you this week, kind of diving into depth more about the Southern Miss quarterbacks. We know Trey Lowe, the West Virginia um, transfer, who really uh, the team rallied around late in the season after uh, Tate Watley was injured, and he led them led Southern Miss to that victory over uh, Florida Atlantic. But take us a little more, bring us a little more in in depth uh, with T. Webb, a transfer from Louisville, and a guy that Will Hall has known for really the last seven or eight years. Yeah, uh, I really got my first close look at T. Webb uh, this last Saturday, and you can tell he's, you know, he's more of a passer. He's got some athleticism to him. Uh, but, you know, his, uh, I would say he's got nice touch on the ball. Uh, he's, you know, I think they list him at 6'4", 195. You see him in person, he looks more like 6'2", 175. So he's he's a little, little on the thin side right now. Uh, he, he's got some work to do. I think Will Hall's been encouraged by what they've seen out of him uh, as spring practice has rolled along, uh, kind of understanding the tempo and the urgency they want to work with. Uh, so it, it, you know, T. Webb is you know he spent a season at, at Louisville, but you know coming in he's he's really a true freshman. Uh, I don't think he was you know I don't know how much he got to work with say a first uh, first team 
unit or something like that at Louisville. Uh, coming in, it's it's really up. You know, this spring is crucial for T. Webb if he's going to compete going into the fall for for playing time. But he's a guy that's won a lot of football games. Uh, Carterville, Georgia. He was the guy that replaced Trevor Lawrence uh, while he was there uh, in in Carrollton, Georgia. He uh, uh, he built a relationship uh, with uh, uh, Will Hall. His family did. Uh, Will Hall was the head coach at West Georgia at the time. So uh, that kind of friendship between Will Hall and his family. Uh, led to him immediately just deciding to transfer after one year at Louisville, and uh, and it, it was really important to get him in, uh, obviously because not long after, or maybe Will Hall made a little bit better idea than anybody that Tate Watley wasn't going to come back. So uh, for them to be sitting here at three, with three scholarship quarterbacks, you'd like to have at least one more outside of that. But getting T. Webb in from Louisville, uh, he's still got a ways to go in in, in maturation in terms of physically and just everything he's going to learn about Will Hall's offense. But he's somebody that you hope by the time you get into the start of the season uh, that he's somebody in spot situations where he could see, could see playing time. And all that depends, of course, um, on what kind of uh, development we get out of Ty Keys in the fall. The maturation process, uh, and, and, you know, Will Hall, you got to think when he targets a quarterback, it's somebody that he identifies that can pick up this offense pretty well, and so all three right. guys. And we'll talk about Takis if we if we run into uh, run up against a hard break here in a minute. But you got to feel like Hall feels comfortable uh, with any of those guys simply because he knows what he wants in a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think he's been encouraged by what he's seen out of Trey Lowe here in the spring. Uh, Trey Lowe is really done everything right uh he's somebody you know like will hall pointed out the other day he's got a he's already got a college degree uh you know and he has a little bit of experience starting a quarterback for southern miss and and you saw him kind of play a really good game against fau after being put in a difficult situation uh they're midway through the season where both abraham and motley uh were out so uh i i think you know it, it, as this goes along the the writing is on the wall somewhat that it's probably going to be trey low as your guy going into the season opener. Uh, uh, but one thing we have to take into note of all this is that Trey Lowe has never had a spring practice in football. This is his first. So uh, for once, you know, baseball is not on the radar for him, and he's able to focus in and fully prepare for a season. So I think, you know, what we see, you know, we'll, I think Trey Lowe will go into the season fully prepared to be a starting quarterback. And uh, we'll learn pretty quickly if Trey Lowe is capable of leading this team over the next couple of seasons. We're visiting with Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. We'll step aside and come back and talk some more spring football and some Southern Miss baseball with Patrick. It's the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Stick with us on Super Talk Mississippi. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Wednesday continues on the Eagle Hour. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark. They're located on Hardy Street 
in Hattiesburg, big yellow building across from the University of Southern Mississippi. Not only sell books, they sell everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles. Big weekend this weekend in baseball with the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana coming into the Pete. If you're coming into town, stop by Campus Bookmark and get you some fresh swag to cheer on the Golden Eagles this weekend. You can always shop 24-7 on their website, Campus Bookmark. Dot net, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson in Laurel at the First Bank Studios. Michael Mergen's producing for us at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. We continue with Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And, Patrick, just to kind of finish up a book in the conversation on, on quarterbacks, um, you look at Lowe, he's, he's going to be uh, what Scott Berry calls now a, a COVID sophomore. Um, uh, Webb will be a COVID freshman, and then Ty Keyes from Taylorsville will be a true freshman. What does Keyes bring to this, uh, this quarterback room? I don't think anybody really expects him to play simply because of the experience and the adjustment he's going to need. But you're talking about a guy as a freshman in high school put up 5,000 yards. He's all-time, you know, top two or three in, in Mississippi history in several categories. Um, what what can what is Ty Key's role going to be uh, early in in the preseason and during the season? You think? Well, if, if Ty Keys is going to play the season, he's going to have to come out and show he has that kind of it factor. You know uh, that he can overcome some freshman mistakes uh, that he's inevitably going to make. Uh, so I, I think it's all about just Tyke's getting in the summer and showing that he's willing to soak up the system pretty quickly and then get rolling there in the fall. Um, you can't really count out Tyke's in this competition uh, yet. I mean, he's got that kind of a, a track record. Everything he's been able to accomplish throughout high school, and you watch the film and you're really impressed. And he's you know he's a gamer. He's gonna make some. Plays you don't expect him to make, and, and can he do that quickly at the college levels? You know, it's a long way from uh, he plays in a very good program, but it's a long way from Class Two A to Division One FBS football. So uh, there's there's going to be a steep learning curve, but uh, he's somebody that that potentially can come in and play right away if he proves himself quickly. I mean, uh, both you know, Low and Webb. Uh, excuse me, I guess Low at this point has shown that he can be a starting quarterback in the FBS, and Webb's got a little bit something to prove. Uh, but if 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 Keys comes in and plays up to his potential as a freshman, uh, you know if he can kind of hit a hit a mark to where he shows he can move that offense productively down the field, I think he'll have a chance to play as a freshman. But I would say the odds are stacked against that at the moment. One of the things that you mentioned about Lowe, this is the first spring practice he's been through, and. A lot of people are excited about Ty Keys because being a three-sport uh, guy at, at Taylorsville, he's never <laughs> worked uh, much devoted only to football. So either way, should be exciting several years for the Golden Eagle football team at that position. Talk about running backs real quick before we move to uh, to baseball. Southern Miss, of course, so I, th- I think really looking at four main running backs, of course, Frank Gore Jr., D. Baker, um, and, and Tavius Willis was a guy that was real good in, in high school at, at Velma Jackson, and it seems like they've kind of moved him back there. And uh, and then, of course, Mayberry, uh, the, the veteran, uh, he's a junior. What's kind of been the early feel with uh, running backs this uh, spring practice season so far? Well, I mean, the immediate field you look at there and you say, well, these guys are really small. Uh, it's, it's a very small uh, group of running backs. Um, maybe the smallest in, in the nation at this level. Now, obviously, Frank Gore has proven that he can do it. He, he played so well as a, a true freshman this past season, but he's also kind of battled through injuries, and he's also 
this spring, uh, Gore has battled uh, some health issues. So the concern right there is him staying healthy, and, and he played through injuries and played very well last year through injuries. But you want to get him in a position where he's healthy. And behind, you know, and I think Mayberry, Mayberry showed us something last season. Uh, he was able to do some tough running up the middle, uh, had some nice games. I think you kind of get, you know what you're going to get out of, out of him. Uh, but when it comes to Baker and Willis, you're, you're still waiting to see. Uh, Will Hall was complimentary of, of, of uh, Baker yesterday, saying that he had kind of stepped up and done a better job in pass protection. Uh, that's also an area that Antavius Willis really has to step up and, and do better at, just because he's, he's never really played the true tailback. He was kind of a, an athlete in high school, kind of a wildcat quarterback. I think he's got a lot of, a lot of potential as a running back. You can see him out there. He's so quick. He's also on the small side. I think he's listed at 173, and he looks every bit 173. Uh, so I, I think uh, if Gore is healthy and, and all these guys kind of step up, you're okay at running back. But I think if you're Will Hall and company going into the summer, if you have an opportunity to maybe add a, a transfer, uh, somebody with some experience, maybe a little bit of size, I think that might be something they'll, they'll look into. So uh, it's, it's a running back group that's still got a – we're still learning a lot about them and waiting to see what they can do uh, headed, you know, headed into the summer and into the fall. Few more weeks of spring practice. That that spring game date is the twenty third. Is that right? Oh, twenty seventh. I think twenty seventh. Yeah, twenty seventh is a Saturday. Yeah, so I think it's scheduled fairly early in in the morning. But uh, Golden Eagle fans, yeah. of course, uh, some of the practices on the weekends have have been open. All right, let's shift to baseball. Raging Cajuns coming in this weekend. They've got a uh, very good test tonight. They're playing uh, at Starkville against Mississippi State. And, you know, as tough as the Southern Miss uh, non-conference schedule is, I mean, you look at Louisiana as they were at Tulane. They had two midweek games against Louisiana Tech. They played LSU. They were uh, hosted Rice at home at McNeese, uh, hosted Houston Baptist. And, and after Southern Miss, they'll take on Nichols and TCU before they start conference play against Coastal Carolina. So this is a crazy <laughs> start to the season for Louisiana also. Is this fair to say, Patrick, I asked someone else this uh, earlier in the week, is this weekend really going to be the weekend where we see where the 2021 Southern Miss baseball team is? This is really the test this weekend? Uh, it's it's the biggest test, really, for them in, in non-conference play. I'll agree with that. But I think uh, we really won't find what this team's capable of until the first week or so of April. Uh, I kind of give a little leeway through the first in February and then March. Uh, got some room for error, and they're doing okay. They're winning those weekend series. Midweek hasn't worked out, which is surprising considering how much pitching they have. Of course, the, the hitting hasn't quite been there at times. Uh, but, yeah, this is a big one. Uh, this is, you know, this is where you find out, you know, how they respond against uh, top-flight uh, competition on a weekend. Uh, they, they responded really well against Jackson, Jacksonville State uh, after losing that first game, come back and winning two. I think that's a good sign going forward. I think that gives them a little bit of momentum going into this weekend as well. Yet, but you know, it's um, they've got to find a way to consistently hit, and uh, overall, they just haven't done that on night out, night in, night out basis. And the pitching is going to be there, maybe not quite as dominant as we would have expected at times this season. Uh, but I think, you know, I think we'll see the pitching kind of progress. And uh, as long as these young guys start hitting, they'll be okay. 201 right now, hitting as a club. No one batting in the 300s. Only two guys, or three guys, Sergeant, Fisher, and Trimble. 
batting above 250. Um, there's no way but up, Patrick. I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, these yeah. you know keyboard geniuses and, and social media warriors, people panicking and wanting to jump off the ship and all that stuff. It's early in the season, but how, how much does the lack of production, except for long balls, really bother you at through 11 games? Yeah, they're striking out too much. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I, but you know, a season can be, you know, it really a, a, a college baseball season goes through goes through about four stages, and I think they're just now past that first stage. So going into to the second stage of the season is where you want to see them kind of establish an identity at the plate. Uh, often guys that start out really hot start to cool off a little bit, and guys that you know start slow. Uh, they kind of find their way as the temperatures warm up. So I, I, I'm not in panic mode if I'm a Southern Miss fan right now, but 201 is pretty darn bad. Uh, it's, you know, it, but it, but the good news is you're sitting here, you're hitting 201, and you've won every weekend series so far, and you've played pretty decent competition. Uh, so, uh, you know, from that standpoint, you're okay. Uh, you just got to start, you know, consi- you know, producing more and more at the plate every night, and I think we saw a little bit. This kind of, you know, uh, last year, but you had Matthew Gidry, a really proven guy in the middle of the lineup that kind of helped them out. Uh, Southern Miss is okay at the top of the lineup, but they just had some uh, gaps here there just because some young guys really haven't caught on. So, you know, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you can't panic right now, but, you know, this is really part of the season where you want to see them start hitting the baseball a little bit better. On the flip side, too, you know, about about 45 seconds left, Patrick, the uh, the bullpen starters, you know, you've been giving quality starting. Stanley's got to kind of limit the balls he throws in the upper part of the zone. But Ock, 0.0 ERA. Ramsey, 0.0 ERA. Guillotine, 1.08. Matt Adams, 1.59. That dog will hunt every day of the week. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, the bullpen has been very good. Uh, it's It's... You know, yeah, Stanley's not quite as hasn't looked quite as good as he did in the season opener, but he'll be fine. Uh, he'll get better with time. Walker Powell, you know, just now settling in after a couple of starts, and they don't really haven't worked Gabe Shepard much at all. Uh, I, you know, it's it, it's it's one of those things that, that you have some young guys in the bullpen that are really lights out at the moment. Garrett Ramsey has really been a bit of a revelation. He's got three appearances, three saves. And Ryan Ock, who really really impressed me whenever I saw him really take them out. Uh, first against Mississippi State a couple of years ago, uh, he, he's somebody that does. It doesn't really surprise me that he's been as good as he's been, and if he's at his full potential, and it appears that's the case at the moment. So uh, the pitching's there, and that'll kind of help them get through this rough patch early in the season, hitting the baseball. But you know, it, it's eventually the lineups are going to get better, <clears throat> and this weekend is a good example. Uh, Lafayette's going to hit the ball really well, and then you you know you start conference play with Louisiana Tech yeah. not far off. So. Uh, the, the pitching staff will get. We'll find out exactly how good they are over the next couple of weeks. Patrick, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. Eagle Hour continues right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thanks to Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun Herald joining us on this Wednesday. Of course, uh, you can go subscribe to his. Exclusive content for the Sun-Herald. You can also follow him on Twitter, Patrick McGee. Appreciate him being with us every week on the Eagle Hour. Third segment brought to you on this Wednesday by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located at 2505 West 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. 
Great lunch tomorrow. They're going to have pork chops, pasta salad, roasted veggies, and a yeast roll. And it's all eight ninety five. Comes with a drink. Four Street Bar and Grill next uh, Wednesday on St. Patrick's Day. Going to have tr- the next trivia coming up. We appreciate Slade White and his great crew over there. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergens at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, and now Kelly John Sanner. Joining us on the phone, Kelly, last night, you were watching, I was listening, um, to the Eagles. They fall 61-52. I text someone after. It was kind of a synopsis, really, of of the entire season in, in uh, one ball game. You get behind early. You fight back. The Eagles just came out smoking in the second half. Uh, got a, about a seven- or eight-point lead and then didn't score for the last six minutes in the game. Just tough to watch, and Coach Ladner after the game talking about how emotional the locker room was. And uh, I, I guess, Kelly, is that the fair way to say it, that one game just kind of summarized the entire season? Inconsistency all year long. You know, in the first half, Luke, they they could not get a shot inside. I mean, and you have to credit Rice for some of the way that the Owls, you know, played defense inside there. But the Eagles just could not work anything inside, so they had to take, you know, perimeter shots, which led to a, you know, a very poor uh, 32%, you know, from the field shooting performance in the first half, and like the second half, there was a stretch there, I think, of like just a little over six minutes where the Eagles didn't score a basket at all there, and right at the end of the first half, very similar to the end of the second half, uh, right at about six minutes where they didn't score, so these long streaks of of not being able to, to put any points up was was just killed them all year long. You know, the defense would keep them in the game, um, keep them close, but then these not shooting the ball well and going on these long patches of, of times where they just couldn't score any points at all just wound up killing them. And it, it was just it's tough because you see those flashes of um, – of their ability to play, like early in the second half, and a logical person just sits and goes, well, why, why can't they do that all the time? You know. Well, again, you have to credit other teams for making defensive adjustments to take away the things that the Eagles were doing right. But all year long, they just had trouble getting the ball inside, and, and Jay Ladner talked about one of the things that he was frustrated with his team about is he, he questioned at times their, their physical toughness inside, you know, wanting to go inside and, and and get banged around a little bit. Second half, they did that, and of course, it, it paid off. But then, but then the, the cold streak hit again, and, and wound up costing them the ball game there in the second half. So if they could, if they could have just thrown two halves together where they didn't didn't hit those cold streaks. But then again, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. We've heard that. But yes, the original question it really was a microcosm of how the entire season um, went. But I, I really thought that they were going to win that game in the second half. I thought, man, they've got this turned around, and then boom. And and you almost saw that cold streak coming in the second half, just like you did in the first half. And it's uncanny how it almost always hits at the same time. It almost starts every time with about eight minutes left to go in every half. And then they hit that cold streak. And however close they were, you remember it was deadlocked right there until about eight minutes left to go in the half. Rice pulls ahead by eight. And the Eagles get ahead in the second half. They hit that cold streak. Rice goes like on a 13-0 run, and the rest is history. So extremely frustrating, but we'll get a chance to talk to Coach Ladner tomorrow. He's going to be on the show with the Eagle Hour with us tomorrow, so we'll, we'll get his point of view. 
Yeah, I appreciate you setting that up too, Kelly. Coach Jay Ladner on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. It, it was, uh, and it gets in the psyche. I mean, uh, you, you look at this game. Rice goes nineteen and three to end the game. That was the run they they went on. Eagles were up. Eagles were up like 49-42, 49-43, and then they held the, the, the last lead they had was forty nine forty eight, and then Rice just poured it on. You felt like early Kelly, it was going to be the Eagles' night because Rice was just one for eight in the, the uh, beyond the arc in the first half and you said okay that's how they beat us before and if they're not hot tonight we're, we're going to do this and man it just uh it just fell apart there late pinkney led with 14 stevenson with with 12 tay hardy with 11 going into the offseason of course we'll get coach ladner's uh, opinion about this kelly um I, I was talking to patrick asking him this question obviously you, you he's going to go after a true point guard you need somebody like tyree griffin to come in and uh, it seems like Tay Hardy will shift over. Stevenson's underneath. Don't know for sure if Drain's going to come back, uh, but you got to think, you know, on an, an off season uh, where these JUCO guys have a whole season to be able to mesh together. Of course, Johnson and Pinkney played together or, or go way back uh, from from early on playing together. You just got to think um, that maybe the the meshing and the chemistry that that wasn't there because of COVID and because they came in late. Uh, it has got to happen, and I just I want to ask this question, Kelly. I mean, how much pressure is is Jay Ladner feeling right now, or do you think that he's still considering it a rebuild? I, I think the day one Jay Ladner took the job, he was feeling pressure, but it was self it was self produced. He's just that type of guy that he's always going to be feeling pressure. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't listen a lot to, to social media. Um, you're in it for the long haul, and you can't you can't build a program in the long haul continuing to the patchwork thing with Pat's work things with junior college players. Although I think everybody will agree that Tay Hardy was a good was a good find this year, uh, coming up from Pearl River Community College. And I think you know in that that first half last night, Luke, if I'm not mistaken, up until about four minutes left to go in the half, there were only three Eagles that even scored in the first half. I think it was Hardy, uh, Pinkney, and Stevenson. I think were the only three guys up until about four minutes left to go in the half that had any points at all. So yeah, the fact that they were in it as for as long as they were um, was a good sign. Uh, but I don't. I think any pressure that he's under, he he has on himself. Um, because I don't. I mean, there's always going to be those people out there. Social media is just horrible as far as that goes. But those guys understand that it's part of the job. It comes along with part of the job, and that's partly what they're paid for is giving up their privacy and and subjecting themselves to many, many times unwarranted uh, comments and, uh, from, the, from the community. But now, if, you know, if we're having this discussion another year from now or maybe another year and a half from now, that may be a whole different ballgame. But right now, with all the things that have been thrown at him, no, I don't, I don't think there's any outside pressure. Shouldn't be, but there will always be internally produced pressure that he'll put on himself. Sure, and that's why you want him to have the job because of the expectation and the standard he holds. I guess the reason I asked that question is um, I just I went through and counted twenty five games this year. Eagles score seventy plus only seven times, 
And, um, you know, from, from a perspective of – and there weren't that many people that got to watch this year. And this you can just chunk this, this year to the wind, I guess. But, you know, um, a, a lot of people just saw those offensive struggles early and often, and they continued in the season. But the Eagles at times played played great defense. And, and I'm one to believe that uh, Jay, Jay Ladner is going to right the ship and, and they're going to get that chemistry figured out. Um, you know, as we've yeah, got num- a couple num- more minutes left in the segment. Yeah, just numbers don't answer lie. that, and then and then a the biggest things to accomplish in the off season. Yeah, the numbers don't lie, Luke. They don't lie, and and when you look at the offensive categories, I mean the Eagles are at or near the bottom in shooting percentage. Um, they're at or near the bottom in assists. They're at or near the bottom in three point shooting. Look, it's 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 not a well kept secret as far as Southern Miss's offensive woes, but lots of times. Uh, teams will struggle defensively, and when you look at any sport, forget basketball, any sport, I think you would agree with me, it's more important that you be proficient on the defensive side of the ball. And it was the defense, look, the Eagles didn't win many games this year, but you have to wonder if the defense wasn't any good, would they have won that many? It was the defense that kept them in that many games. So if you want to hang your hat on hope and looking toward the future, the Eagles play good defense, and I'm glad and I'm glad of that because that that will serve them well in the future. This offensive stuff, you know, finding the shooters, you know, getting that inside guy that you're talking about, a true point guard uh, to to run the offense, uh, that's going to come. But the fact that the defense is already there um, is is certainly something to be hopeful for. So that so I kind of answered both of those questions. I think at the same time, you see where you're lacking offensively. You plug in. Those those holes and and you and Patrick talked a little bit about that, um, but I'm pleased that the defense is really good. And at times that the Eagles fell behind this year in the games that they won, it was the defense that kept them in it and actually helped them win some of those games to come from behind. So man, the defense looks good. The offense just does not, unfortunately, and it was it was just glaring there toward the end of the year, and that's what they'll work on. So instead of having to to look at your whole team, you really only have to focus, and this is an oversimplification, of course, but the offense is the, is the side of the ball that needs more attention, and that's what they'll focus on. Southern Miss drops a 61-52 decision uh, in the play-in game for the Conference USA Tournament, finished the season 8-17, and 4-13. and 13. Conference USA, but a lot of guys coming back, and they will start, I guess, next week on the 20. 20- 21-2022 season. Hey, we'll step away and come back, finish the Eagle Hour out on this Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Highway 98. The spring break camp for DBAT coming up March 15th through the 17th is for ages 6 through 13. 
runs those days, March 15th through 17th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., $45 a day. If you got a membership with uh, DMAT, you will get a discount, and uh, you can sign up for that. Uh, f- sign up your kids uh, today at dbathattiesburg.com, or you can call them at 601-438-3228. All players will be divided by age and ability level, and uh, baseball and softball players uh, will be welcome. So the spring break camp at DBAT, March 15th through the 17th, and we greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. If you're just joining us a little uh, later, men uh, lose last night. Women uh, get knocked out of the Conference USA tournament today, 85-75 to at the hands of Florida International. Ladies' season comes to an end at 7-12. and Deja Allman today with a career-high 22 points. So the basketball season wrapping up uh, for uh, the Golden Eagles. Baseball last night. Kelly Center, I found this to be really interesting. Some of these games last night. Charlotte beat Tennessee 9 to nothing. Charlotte, one of those teams that their RPI is, is pretty high. They're up there. I think they're around 51 FAU in the 20s, I believe, and all those teams in front of Southern Miss. But Charlotte beat Tennessee last night 9 to nothing. Kentucky squeaked out a 6 to 5 victory over Western Kentucky. Miami drilled Florida Atlantic 11 to 2, kind of surprising. Auburn beat UAB 6 to 5. Louisiana Monroe defeated uh, Louisiana Tech 10 to 3, and Rice defeated Houston Baptist 3 to 1. Tonight uh, in Conference USA Old Dominion at William and Mary and TCU at UTSA. Uh, Kelly, looking forward uh, to to this weekend uh, with the with the Louisiana coming in, and, and I guess I should put this out there: Jeremy McLean going to be on the Eagle Hour Friday, and he's going to talk uh, about the capacity and the tickets going forward. Jay Ladner um, tomorrow on the Eagle Hour, so two big shows the next two days. But uh, Jeremy McLean going to come on Friday, and and Kelly, how important is it um, that you know people go ahead and call that ticket office, hit it up, and we, we heard how loud it was, and I heard how loud it was at the UConn uh, series and, and the Northwestern State Series. But, man, how exciting that 50% capacity for a Louisiana Lafayette coming in. Yeah, and temperatures are supposed to be in the mid-70s this weekend with some sunshine, more rain coming in on Monday, we're told. Um, but, look, and they go, well, well, there might not be tickets available. Well, there might. I mean, the worst they can tell you is no. Trust, it for, trust, trust me, from a guy who's heard no a lot, <laughs> in a different realm, but I've been, I've been told no a lot. It doesn't hurt. It's just a word. Uh, but you can, you can call, you know, ahead of time. You know, Luke, you were talking about that Louisiana Tech-Louisiana Monroe game uh, last night, and I got to watch a little bit of that on, on ESPN+. Plus. You had a couple of old Southern Miss hands uh, that were leading leading that show. You, you know, you had um, Mike Federico, who's the, the coach at, at Louisiana Monroe now, and... Um, the guy, the the coach at uh, Louisiana Tech. Oh, come on, help me out. Was an assistant at um, Lane Burroughs. Lane Burroughs, thank you. Uh, an assistant at Southern Miss, and then head coach at Northwestern State. So there was a lot of Southern Miss, you know, flavor in the, in that game. And you look at those two teams; you had a lot of Mississippi flavor on those rosters. So, um, and and Mike Federico, man, if there's a guy that give him a shout out today, there, there's a guy who took a program that was. Absolutely on the hot mess express. That Louisiana Monroe program was a dumpster fire, and he took it over and has turned them around. And they're they're one of the, you know, they're they're probably in the top fifty or fifty five in the country right now. And considering where that program came from, 
and the shape that the rest of that athletic department is in over there. Federico's done a great job with Louisiana Monroe. Um, and, of course, Burroughs, I mean, he's, he's in his fifth year now, and all he had to deal with is a tornado coming through and tearing up the love shack. And they'll get to host the Conference <laughs> USA Tournament. So a lot of these Southern Miss guys, you know, with, um, with uh, ties to Southern Miss, and particular Coach Scott Berry, you know, doing some great things. So that should, that should tell you the leadership that, that Southern Miss has with Scott Berry. But, yeah, this, is, this has the makings of a great weekend. Um, beer sales will be up. Uh, probably <laughs> with, with the Cajuns coming in this weekend, I'm sure they will they will do their share uh, to help the economy. And I think it, you know, I, I know Patrick said he didn't think it was a, a big test. I, you know, I'll argue with him a little. Um, I think it, I think it uh, is kind of going to tell you where it is, but where the program is. But again, he also made the point of win those weekend series. You win those weekend series, overall, you're going to be okay. But if you don't start winning some of those those big weekday games, which those games are going to be fewer and fewer, it's going to be tougher to sell to the selection committee if you don't win your conference tournament at the end of the year. Absolutely. Uh, last thing, Kelly, real quick. Uh, Dak Prescott signs a four-year, $160 million contract. He's going to make $75 million this coming year with a $66 million signing bonus. $9 million base salary. So now he can talk to you because now – he is making almost as much as you make yearly, Kelly. And, and he's going to learn all, all about Uncle Joe Biden and his tax plan. Welcome to the club, Dak. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good day it. today on the Eagle Hour. Big show tomorrow. Head coach uh, for men's basketball, Jay Ladner. Uh, Jeremy McClain joining us Friday. Don't miss those shows. Always appreciate every single one of you tuning in. Uh, texting us, uh, replying yeah. on social media how much you enjoy the show. We, we try to do our best and have a little fun along the way for, uh, for Michael Mergens and Kelly Center. Luke Johnson signing off same time tomorrow. We'll catch you on the Eagle Hour and, as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.